Hi guys and welcome back to You're So Rude. Today it's just me and I have a very, very special guest. One of my close high school friends and we've continued that friendship. What is it? It's been four years that I've been out of high school now. Yeah, um, five for me. Yeah, five for you. <laughs> uh, my good friend, Madison Williams. Hi Madison. Hi Kavya, how's it going? It's going well, how are you? Good, I'm just chilling on this cold day. <laughs> yeah, it is miserable. It was snowing yesterday. Yeah, it, we in Chicago, we got lucky. We have not got snow, but it's been raining all day. So. Ugh, I, like, hate this weather. The first snow, I'm okay with it. It's pretty, but after that, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm the same. I'm not a huge snow person, and I get a lot of, like, beef for that because everyone's like, you don't like snow, and I'm like... No, I like the warm weather. I don't like the cold weather, and snow just reminds me of that, so. Yeah. My sister lives in Arizona, so she, like, doesn't have any – her cold to her right now is, like, 60 degrees. She recently came home, and luckily it was, like, 45 when she was home, so it wasn't bad. But she hated it because, like, she just came back from 90-degree weather, um (laughs) – So when my mom told her yesterday that it was snowing, she was like, oh, well, it's like 80 degrees here. (laughs) That's amazing. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Yeah, super jealous. Um, So Madison's here to, one, go a little bit down memory lane. And she's also in grad school for journalism. And I wanted to talk to her a little bit about being a woman in journalism and um, she also had the super cool opportunity to study abroad in London. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that with her. Oh, she's wearing a London sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> on accident, on accident. <laughs> um, and just like anything else that comes out in conversation, we'll cover. Um, so we met, I feel like we've known each other for a long time, but yeah, we like, was... actually became friends, like soft more year of high school Mm -hmm. yeah I was trying to think back too but yeah I think I think we like knew each other but we didn't really become close until yeah your sophomore year my junior year and then I think my senior year um so your junior year was when we like really got close and of course it was right before I left but so most of our friendship has been long distance but yeah that's (laughs) true um because we worked on a like community project together uh, that's kind of how we became uh-huh. friends through that. We were both in FCCLA in high school and we did some community project. I think it was about like suicide and depression rates in our school and how like we can try to help the students at our school um, and spending that time together to do that project was where our friendship kind of started and we've been really good friends since then basically yeah uh, I remember like my senior year we also ate lunch together every day yeah um, with a few other people but yeah I think that was cool too because we got to hang out every day apart right. from that yeah the project and stuff we, like, had a group of friends, like, that That group of friends had been friends forever, and then, <laughs> yeah. like, I knew everybody individually, but I kind of, like, inserted myself <laughs> into that group, because I'm like, I don't know anybody else. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> no, I'm so glad. I just remember when the seniors got out a week early, like, you texting me and being like, who am I going to eat lunch with? Like, you guys are all leaving me. So, yeah, yeah everybody in that group was a year older than me. So I was like, oh, my God, I literally have nobody to sit with now. I didn't think about this. And I don't, e- I don't even remember. It's been so long. It's been yeah. four years now. I don't remember what I did or who I sat with. <laughs> I remember having so much anxiety about it, being like, am I going to have to be that lame girl eating in the bathroom or something? Oh, no. (laughs) I think I eventually found somebody, but, oh, man, I forgot about that. (laughs) Crazy, yeah. Wild times. Um, what else can we talk about going down memory lane? I just know every time I came back and visited from college, we would get coffee or, well, tea or coffee or whatever um at like sweet expressions but then they closed so then we kind of went around to different coffee shops but nothing will ever replace 
sweetest freshens, I don't think. It was a really good place. It was so good. It was my favorite place to get coffee in town. And um, it was just, like, such a chill place. I, I always, it always comes up in my Snapchat memories, pictures of us two there, and it makes me so sad, because I loved that place so much. Me too, and the really sad thing is, so they had those little punch cards, where you could get somebody to get a free drink. I was home, like, I think they closed, well, I was at school, but not by a break, and I had just filled out my punch card, so, like, my next visit, I was gonna get my free drink, and then I, they, posted they were going to close like within a week and I'm like I can't go home like just for my free (laughs) my free chai latte which would have been nice but yeah I was really sad I'm like seriously I waited so long for this (laughs) (laughs) that's so sad I think Sweet Expressions had closed and then just like a couple weeks later there was this coffee shop on campus that I really liked called Jasmine's and like a couple of weeks later that closed too so I'm like what else are you going to do to tear my soul apart (laughs) Yeah, Kirksville definitely needs more um, coffee shops. Yeah, because we have, like, Starbucks, and then Caffeine Fix just closed, too. Oh, and they open scooters, but it's pretty small, so. Yeah, I do really like their drinks, but I want one of those cozy places that you can sit inside. Um, But obviously not now because of COVID, but I wish we had, like, a Sweet Expressions-like place again. And just, honestly, I just wish we had Sweet Expressions back. (laughs) Me too, 100%. (laughs) I had all of my, like, friend dates there, and I would always end. One of our friends, Kristen, every time I would get coffee with her there, we would both end up crying. Like, that was our place to hang out and talk and cry. (laughs) Oh, man, that's so funny. Um, I also interned with your dad for a summer. Oh, yeah. Wait, was that, that was not this year, but last year. Yeah, last year. Yeah, and I was home. That was the summer I was home. So, yeah. like, whenever I would come visit my dad, you were just there. Yeah, that was such a good summer. I had such a good time working with him. That's he taught awesome. me a lot. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, memory lane aside, so last year... Last year, you had the opportunity to go to London. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I found out the end of my sophomore year that I could graduate early um, from school. And so my school is on trimesters, but my senior year, they're going to switch to semesters. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate for me because I had to stay like a couple extra months for a semester. But um, so basically, I finished my major and my minor my junior year. And because we were switching to semesters, they added like 100 new study abroad programs. And so I was like, you know what, like, I want to study abroad. My Everyone at my school got like a scholarship to study abroad if we wanted to. So I was like, I should probably take advantage of this. Um, there's no classes I want to take. Um, so I went to the study abroad fair and my dream was always to go to Paris because I have been obsessed with Paris like my whole life. Um, but there weren't any programs I really liked because I didn't want to take classes. I wanted to intern somewhere and my school didn't have any programs to intern in Paris. So the next best thing was London for me. I was like, London sounds awesome. I'll look into that. Um, so I went through that process and I got picked. And so my final semester of college, I lived in London and basically I just did an intern, a full-time internship there. So Monday through Thursday, I would go to work from 9.30 to 5.30. And um, then like I would have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I had never flown by myself and I had to fly by myself and I'd never left North America. So that was in itself pretty cool. Um, And actually it kind of sucked because before I left, I had to get a work visa in order to intern there, which there was only four full-time interns. So only four of us out of like a hundred people had to get this specific visa. I literally started the process early June. I made sure and did all the deadlines. Um, but for some reason they took forever to review mine. And so they didn't review it in time. And I ended up not getting it for like a week and a half later after I was supposed to leave. So I had to cancel my flight like last minute. And then I had to wait. I literally had no idea when I was going to be leaving. And I had to buy my plane ticket like two days before I ended up leaving. Um, So I missed all of orientation and I missed my first week of work. (laughs) And then I got there. I got there on a Friday. Um, I mean, I arrived in London at like 8am their time. 
and I had to start working like Monday. So it was a really quick turnaround and, you know, everyone already knew each other. And um, there was one other girl who had the same problem as me. So I wasn't the only one who arrived late, but it was, that was kind of hectic, but totally worth still getting there and enjoying the experience. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, London was absolutely an amazing city. It was, I really liked that I worked there because even though, you know, I was busy during the days every day, like I always had my nights free, like all my roommates, they were all in classes. And so they still had like homework and their last week there, they were taking finals. And like my last week, I was just working, but I could do whatever I wanted. You know? <laughs> like weekends too, like I could go out and explore. Like a lot of times I had to do homework. Um, and then it also gave me the opportunity like to travel a lot more. So like as an intern, we got a whole week off of work. So me and this other girl, we traveled, like we went to Greece um Naples and Rome Italy and then Switzerland in like seven days (laughs) it was absolutely insane so many flights um I was exhausted by the end of it but it was really cool to be able to go see so many other places as well um but yeah so I traveled a lot in the beginning and then I decided my whole last month I was just gonna stay in London so the last month which now of course because I came home December 7th so it's almost been a year, which is just insane to me because I feel like I was just there yesterday. Yeah. Um, but all my Snapchat memories have been like recently have been that one month that I just stayed in London and it's been making me really reminisce a lot, especially London is known for their Christmas lights during the season because, um, you know, they don't have Thanksgiving there. So they switched to Christmas like November 1st, which was an interesting take. Like I'm not <laughs> used to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they their lights were just beautiful and even yesterday like I had um a snapchat video from like downtown Christmas like downtown downtown London I don't know if there is a downtown London but um (laughs) like a big like popular part of the city um each street does different lights every year so it's kind of like like you're in one corner and you could be looking down different streets and they all have different light different themed lights um so I like was standing on one of those and took a video and it was it was just so pretty. I miss it a lot. That's so cool. I do remember um, we had said bye to each other when you were supposed to leave. And then you were here for another week. So you were like, well, do you want to hang out since I'm still here? I was like, okay. So we had to say bye again. And then you eventually got to go, which was sad, but I was so excited for you. Um, we had originally planned, like, are we going to talk all the time? But then the schedules were so, like they just did not line up that it was like once a week we would fill each other in on what was going on in our lives and I'm glad we still did get that once a week um but it was it was hard to like plan like FaceTime dates and uh, other stuff I'm sure it was hard for you and your other friends as well and even your parents your family Mm -hmm. yeah it was really tricky so we were six hours ahead there was a short time um London does daylight savings like two weeks earlier than America for some reason. And so there was like two weeks where I was like five hours ahead, um, which was really nice. But yeah, I remember my first day of work. um, Like I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I went to this little like grab and go lunch place by my work. And I called my mom just like by habit. And thankfully she wakes up pretty early, but it was like 6am for her and she's just waking up and I'm eating lunch and I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, I'm just not used to it. And then I remember like my mom would drive home at like, you know, 5 p.m. So that'd be 11 p.m. for me. And, you know, work nights, I wasn't always up that late. And so um, there would be some days where I wouldn't, you know, get to talk to my mom really. And like, same with my friends. It was really hard because all my friends were in school back home. So like they would be free at their nighttime, but my, their nighttime was like, I was already asleep by then. So um there were a few nights though I randomly would stay up to like 3 a.m. just because it was like a weekend and then then is when I would like be able to talk to a lot of people um yeah I remember like Halloween for instance I stayed up really late and I had like friends calling me and they were just about to like go out you know and party I was like it was like 2 a.m. you know (laughs) but um yeah it so it, it was an adjustment but it wasn't as bad as I thought I mean you know, I got used to it after a while, but especially I think the hardest thing was in the mornings when I would wake up. Um, so I'd have to wake up like seven 30. So one 30, like back home time, which sometimes people would still be up. It kind of depended on the day, but 
it was weird because, you know, I was used to, like, if anything were to happen to me, I wouldn't have, like, anyone really to call, like, you know, if I was out and about. Um, so, yeah, that that was weird, like, waking up and being like, oh, I can't really, like, text anyone or do anything because no one's going to be up, but it wasn't too bad. Um, do you still talk to the people that you lived with in London? Yeah, so I had um, three flatmates, as we called them. <laughs> um, I had one roommate who I shared a room with, and then the two other girls lived in my um, flat with me. Uh, one of my flatmates um, and I are still pretty good friends. We used to FaceTime like at least once a month to kind of catch up. We haven't really since I started school, just because I haven't really had time to like FaceTime with a lot of people. But <laughs> um, yeah, she... She lives in, two of them live in Washington, D.C., and the other one lives in North Carolina. So they all live, they're all East Coasters. But um, one of my good friends from the program is, like, from Chicago. So I've actually seen her since. And I saw one of my, one of my good friends who actually I worked with, she interned with me. She's from Texas. And when I was in Texas a couple months ago, we, like, just stopped and, like, with our masks on and just, you know, talked for a little but oh, cool. just because I was right by her house, coincidentally, but... <laughs> Wait, that's crazy. <laughs> I know. She lives in Dallas, and we were stopping to get lunch in Dallas, and I was just like, hey, like, are you home? You know, this is where we're eating. Are you? Do you live close to here? She's like, oh my god, I live like 10 minutes from there, so... <laughs> yeah, it was... Wow. <laughs> but yeah, so, but because of the pandemic, like, over the summer, I was going to go try to visit. My friend, uh, my flatmate, she lives... She's originally from California, so I was going to go visit her, but obviously because of everything I didn't but hopefully someday yeah maybe um but you eventually got to go to Paris and right Mm -hmm. yeah I actually got to go twice which was really cool (laughs) um my mom came and visited me for a week and like at the end of the week we went for like basically 24 hours because of my work schedule and when she was there um, but yeah, I, um, little backstory. I've been obsessed with Paris since I was like seven years old. I, it's like insane how obsessed I was with it. Um, so I remember we were, we took the Eurostar, which is like the, um, like underground train. It goes under the English channel, which is kind of crazy. And it's really fast. Um, so it goes from London to Paris. And so we did that. We got there, checked into our hotel and we were going to go, um, walked the Eiffel Tower and I was just walking and my mom's like okay stop for a second and look up and all I could see was just like literally the tip of the Eiffel Tower you could not see like anything except the tip and I just started crying oh my god <laughs> it was like my dream come true yeah I was crying in the street and everyone's like what in the world because <laughs> yeah I mean you know Parisians kind of have a stereotype of being rude which I mean I didn't really experience that but I was thinking these people probably think I'm crazy but um yeah, and so then we went, like, we got to Eiffel Tower, and we, it was a beautiful day, the day we went, we were really lucky, um, we just kind of stood around there, unfortunately, the, like, grass area was closed off, um, when I went, when I went, I went back-to-back weeks, so it was closed both times, but, um, so I'll just have to go back, and, you know, stand, yeah, of course, <laughs> um, yeah, but we, we did a lot of stuff in a short amount of time, which was really cool, and so then the second day, we, like, went to the Louvre, and so I got to see the Mona Lisa. We didn't stand in line to like get close to it, but I saw it from a distance. Um, and then my favorite painter of all time is Claude Monet, and he's French. And so there was a museum like across the street from the Louvre that has like the world's largest collection of his paintings. And so I dragged my mom there. And <laughs> <laughs> I got in free because as like a student, I got into like all the museums free. But um, so that was that was cool. It is really cool. And then we got home, or home, we got back to London, and then um, my mom left, like, the next day. And then the next day after that, my dad came to visit me for a week. And then we went to Paris again, um, doing the same Eurostar. And we did similar stuff, but we did um, some different things, too. Like, I got to see um, Notre Dame with him, which, you know, was destroyed by the fire last year. I can't remember. Um, so, I mean, there was construction all over it, and, but I mean, it was still beautiful. And, um, we actually, it started raining when we were there. And so we like went to this restaurant, like right next to Notre Dame, which was pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a dream come true for sure. 
That's crazy. Do you think you, if you had that experience, because I know that there were some lows, we're not going to get into that, but um, do you think you'd do that again? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I, when I left, well, before, obviously, it was before COVID happened, um, I thought for sure I would be coming back and living there. Um, A lot has changed since then, so I don't think, like, right now, I think it'd be a little bit harder for me to go back. Um, But I even, like, applied to grad school there, and I really thought about it for a little bit, just because I love London so much as a city, just the way, I just love it as a city so much, like, um, it's so, it's such a large city, like, if you take the tube from one end to the other, it takes, like, two and a half hours, um, so it's so large, but it's, so it's never really crowded in one area, like, I only experienced crowds once out of my three months there, and it was only because there was, like, a protest going on, um, where I was, because I was by the parliament building, but other than that, like, it wasn't, like, you know, an American city where everyone's downtown, like, there really isn't a downtown, and so, um, everything's spaced out and it's just absolutely beautiful and so much history there. And I, I don't know. I like British people. A lot of people have different opinions about them, but (laughs) I think, I think they're great. I mean, I worked with a lot of British people, so, um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. I would, I also just really liked, you know, exploring and I love traveling. So I think that it's so easy to travel in Europe. Like it's so cheap. My, my week trip alone was only like 200 pounds, like to take four flights, four or five flights. So it was, it was crazy. Cause that would be like the price of like one plane ticket in America. So. Oh, wow. Wild. Um, but now you're living in Chicago and you are attending Northwest getting your master's. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what you studied in undergrad and what you're doing for your master's? Yeah, so in undergrad, um, I went to Augustana College in Illinois, it's a small liberal arts school, and I studied multimedia journalism. And so basically, um, we would learn the different types of media, like we weren't just doing writing or video or something like that, just basically to give you like the basics of journalism. And then I worked on the student newspaper there and doing sports reporting. In my last year, I was sports editor. Um, I want to go into sports journalism, so that's why I did that. So I decided to go to grad school, like, while I was still in high school. I knew I was going to go to grad school. <laughs> so, it's, I mean, I just always had that plan. Um, Northwestern was my dream. I applied to five places, though, just in case. Um, so I had a little – I mean, I spent, like, a month deciding, but I, I just always knew that I was going to come here. So I started – in September, middle of September, and I'm getting my master's in journalism. And then my, we have specializations in the program. So my specialization is sports media. Um, so this first term was basically, you know, just the basics again. All, it was pretty much all review so far for me, all these classes I took in undergrad, <laughs> pretty much. So that was kind of nice. But um, it's been nice to review too, because because last year I lived in London and then graduated in December. I last year I didn't didn't have school and wasn't doing journalism necessarily so it's been nice to review it and a lot of people in the program surprisingly don't have journalism backgrounds oh, wow. like a lot of people decided like they already had careers in something and they just decided they wanted to switch careers and so they're coming back for that or some people like they've just they didn't study it in college but they did like the newspaper or something um so I thought I was going to come in here from, you know, a D3 little small school, like way behind. And, um, but actually in my classes, I've been kind of like the person who understands things, which is weird because I did not expect that at all, but it's been kind of nice. Um, especially like I'm in a video class, which I did do video work in undergrad. And I was like one of two people that knew how to edit videos. Like at the <laughs> beginning of the class, <laughs> I was like, I thought everyone would know. So it's, it's been interesting, but it's kind of nice that we all have different backgrounds. But um, yeah, so starting next term and then spring term, we'll be doing more like I'll be doing more sports stuff. This term, we just had one sports class and it was just like a discussion class um, talking about like social justice issues in sports. So it was really interesting. But other than that, we haven't really learned like sports reporting yet. 
but that'll be next year. I think learning social justice issues in sports is like now is a really good time to be talking mm-hmm. about that. For sure. Our first class, like um, we talked about Colin Kaepernick, for example. So, um, and then we kind of went back and talked, we had like a whole class about Muhammad Ali and we kind of covered like all these trailblazers in sports history. Um, my favorite thing we did, and I actually wrote an essay about it cause, um, I really liked this topic, but in the 1968 Olympics, um, I don't know if you remember, but like these two track American track runners, when they won, um, gold and bronze, I believe it was, they stood on the podium and like raised their fists um for they it was like they people thought they were part of like the black panther party but they were just they were individuals just doing it on their own and they got kicked out like of the olympic village and even though they won like olympic medals and it was basically this article it took me like two hours to read but the article was um like 30 years later they wrote it and interviewed the guys that were involved um and all the athletes that were on the team that year. It was actually like one of America's best track teams in history, like in the Olympics. But when they got home, because those two guys had done that, they could not get jobs in athletics. Oh like gosh. even for decades later. Yeah. Like, so a lot of the guys, it was kind of weird. A lot of the track runners were supposed to play in the NFL when they got home. I guess that used to be like a thing um, in the sixties, <laughs> but they all got their offers taken back when they got home. And um like the main guy, uh, Tommy Smith, I think is his name. He like could not get a job in athletics, like at all. And I think if, if they would get them in track, they could never get them in D1 programs. And they like were Olympic medalists. Like <laughs> they were amazing. Um, but it was just because they were associated with that. Even the guys who didn't raise their fists still couldn't get jobs just because they were on the team that year. So it's, it's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So are you on trimesters still? Um, yes, it's called, well, it's called the quarter system because we go in the summer. So it's one year, but yeah, it's, so it's kind of funny because my weeks are like 10 or my classes are like 10 weeks again, like they were in undergrad, (laughs) (laughs) but so it's, it's pretty quick. Okay. I gotcha. Um, so you are a woman in journalism. So I was wondering, are there stereotypes for women in journalism? Is it hard to get your voice out? And do people, like, see you as credible? Or are people kind of like, oh, she's a woman. She doesn't know what she's talking about, especially in sports. Yeah, um, I think that's a really, like, interesting topic. We we definitely talk about it in classes sometimes, um, which I think we need to talk about it more, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I remember just like a little, some personal anecdotes. Um, when I was, when I started undergrad, when I was a freshman, like it was like my third day of school or something. When I joined the newspaper, um, we had to pick what section we wanted to be in. And so at the end of my interview, they asked me and I said sports and they were like, Oh really? Like they were shocked that I said sports. And the crazy thing is, is the editor in chiefs, like were not they were all women. So I was like, why are you questioning me? (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was very odd. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. So yeah. And, but it was because I was the only girl in the sports staff and I was actually the only girl until my junior year when I was editor. Um, then I had some girl writers, but other than that, I was, um, so I think at first my goal, like in college was like, I need to establish myself because a lot of the guys on the sports staff were also athletes. Um, and I wasn't playing a sport in college. And so I didn't want them to think I just got put in sports, you know, like didn't want to do it that like, it's just a hobby or something like this is actually what I want to do with my career. Um, so I think, I think right away, my editor, my sports editor, he was a senior. Um, he kind of like took me under his wing cause he knew that that's what I wanted to do post-graduation and stuff. And so he, um, gave me a lot of opportunities. I'm really grateful for Like for instance, um, our basketball team was really, really good. And so the basketball beat was kind of like the beat to get because our football team was awful. So (laughs) no one ever wanted to cover them. Um, but yeah, so I remember he let me, he let us all shadow, but when he took me, he put me by myself and I was like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And we sat, when I went, we sat like at the media table on the court. And like when other people went, they like sat up high and like 
he walked them through all of it and um but for me he just like he sat three chairs away from me and I was like oh my god (laughs) and I was the only girl at the table um thankfully every game I reported on I sat next to the um uh, sports information director which him and I became pretty good friends just over the years because he got to know me um, but he he helped me as well and it was funny I remember the first like in the first minute I like clapped um, because we scored or something and he's like oh you can't cheer at the media table <laughs> and I was like oh great um, so yeah so at the end of that game you know we have to go like to the locker rooms do interviews so at this point I'm just following my editor because I once again didn't really know what I was doing um, and I remember there was this old man from like a local newspaper who you know we couldn't go in the locker room we could stay in the hallway but because I was there I we couldn't go in um and you know typically the journalists all stay together and he just got mad like he didn't say anything to me but he like just got mad in general and I was just like oh my god I remember I called my mom later and I I mean, I was hurt by it because I'm like, I can't help it. You know, like, I'm sorry, but it's not that big of a deal. Like, you're still going to get your interviews and we just can't go in there. Yeah. Um, by my junior year, because <laughs> there was like a hallway, then the doors to the locker room. Um, there was another hallway in the locker room. A couple times they just let me stand in the hallway in the locker room. So I couldn't see anything, but I could hear everything. <laughs> and they would bring the players around the corner and they'd be like, why are we coming over here? And then they would see me and they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I had a lot of experiences of being like the only girl, like even when we had March Madness at our school, like the whole media room, I would be the only girl in there. Um, I, I remember my sophomore year, um, this was, this was a hard moment for me, like as a woman in sports, but, um, so I, I'm emotional, I'm an emotional person. And when people cry, like, I want to cry. That's just how I am. Um, and also because I got to know these guys, the basketball players like pretty well, cause I interviewed them a lot. So one guy, um, so we had lost, so we were out for the year or we were done for the year. And one of the seniors, well, he was the only senior on the team. He was one of our good players and he, he was from the area too. So, um, anyway he just like started crying and I was like in my head instantly I'm like Madison you cannot cry because you're the only girl in here and it will look really bad if you just start crying because no one else was crying I was trying so hard not to cry (laughs) don't cry don't cry um so like I was like biting my tongue I was like trying really hard and I didn't cry but like it was it was tough um and even my junior year when we lost I mean I knew that was my last game reporting and in the room, I didn't cry, but my, my dad was actually at the game with me and I walked out and just, we literally left the building and I started crying instantly. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, you know, I had to let it go. But I, that was my thing. I was always like, I can't cry in front of other people. Um, also just as a journalist, they kind of, you know, say not to really do that anyway. So yeah, but I think that kind of was one big thing for me. Um, but yeah, so my professors in undergrad uh, were coincidentally all had worked in the sports field. So my advisor was a woman and she had done sports photography. So I remember a few times she would give me like some advice um, and just kind of say, you know, just be confident in what you're writing and what you're saying that the people will be able to see if you're confident in it or if you're not confident in it. And I think for women in sports, that's a big thing. Like, you know, there's a whole controversy out there that like men don't necessarily, okay, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to say men in general, because I'm sure women too. So I guess I want to say fans don't always listen to women reporting on men's sports specifically because they're like, oh, they're not playing it, especially football. I think football has the worst problem with that because I mean, there are women who play football, but there's not a lot of women that play football. And so I think fans are just used to tradition and fans don't like tradition being broken. And I think that's been a big problem with women in sports, not just journalism, but women in sports in general. Like that's why, you know, like for instance, in baseball, the first female GM just got hired like last week. Oh. Um, it's hooked till 2020. She, she's been trying to be a GM since 2005. I learned yesterday. Um, so it, it took her longer than like 15 years to even get that position. Like, and that was the first woman. Um, it's just crazy to me that, you know, it takes this long, but it's because people are so used to tradition. 
Um, and like one, one like specific job, I think that really hasn't broke through in sports is women play by play, um, commentators. I think there was like the first baseball play by play commentator this year or something, but otherwise you never hear women, um, doing play by plays of games. I remember an undergrad, one of my professors tried to get me to do play by play because she's like, we've never had a woman. And, you know, she, she was a woman and she was in charge of the group or whatever. And I'm like, I can't, that's just not me. I can't do that. (laughs) I'm a writer for a reason. So I'm like, no, thank you. But, um, yeah, like even in my classes, my professors always say like, that's a huge thing that needs to break through. But the thing is, is like, if there is a woman doing play-by-play, like even a football fans are not going to listen. They're Mm -hmm. just going to throw a fit. Um, a few weeks ago we had, I'm in this group on campus called the Association of Women in Sports Media, and we have like guest speakers. And this girl who works for The Athletic, which is actually my dream job, so that was pretty cool, um, she covers college football. And she's really popular. She has like 80,000 followers on Twitter and stuff. Um, so she had broke the news that um, one of the college football leagues um, wasn't going to play originally when they weren't going to play. And she got like death threats because of it, because she was the messenger. Um, yeah. And I can guarantee you if like a male reporter would have done that, like people would not have been as mad, but it was because she's a woman and she's, you know, reporting college football. And when we talked to her, she even said that, you know, she, she's young. She's only like late twenties, early thirties. And, um, she's really had to build up a reputation of being credible because, you know, when she started out, like, that's how she was going to get jobs because people just won't always listen to a woman talking about sports. <laughs> so unfortunately, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think when I report, I feel like there's always just a little bit of added pressure on me Then, you know, especially when I was doing basketball, for instance, like when I was the only girl doing it, I felt like, Oh, if I mess something up, that's going to represent like, you know, women in general reporting on sports or something like, that's just kind of how you feel when, you're doing it because, you know, there's so much criticism against them. And, you know, one little mistake, people will be like, we'll jump on that. And they'll just say that's like everyone. But um, so it kind of sucks. And also, like, I follow a lot of women in sports, like on Twitter. A lot of them talk about how, like, you know, your appearance matters in the field. And I mean, if you look at like the women on TV who report on sports and stuff, like they always wear you know, they're nice outfits and people, people will comment on their outfits like all the time, like in bad ways. And it's, it's so sad that that even matters because that should not matter. It's, it really just matters like what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think I wrote, I wrote an essay once. I, I think it was like for an application or something. Actually, <laughs> I remember this now because um, I remember writing like to show if I was credible, I was saying like, <laughs> I would hope people would just focus on the words I was saying, not what I looked like or not what my name was. Um, like, I really, I really think if they took off our bylines of our names, people would not be able to spot a difference with who, what gender wrote it. But I think because, you know, they'll see my name and be like, oh, that's a girl. They'll probably like automatically just start thinking like she might not know what she's talking about and if I mess up one detail they'll be like oh yeah but I feel like men don't really have that issue I mean I might be wrong but that's just like from what I've seen man that sucks I'm sorry but like props to you for being able to push through and still wanting to do this and having people even after having people, like, say things to you and knowing that women have a hard time breaking through. So hopefully you'll be able to break through some of those things, too. Um, yeah, <laughs> what is a sport that you would prefer to report on? Yeah, so because I did basketball in college, um, and college basketball is, like, my favorite sport to watch, that's definitely my number one choice. But basketball is popular, so it's kind of hard to get jobs in basketball. Um, so my backups, I would do baseball, except I just don't think I could do baseball forever. So I, <laughs> I could do baseball like sometimes. And then 
um, since I play tennis, I always say I would do tennis. And then I used to want to be a golf reporter. So I would still do that too. But I think kind of back to my original conversation, um, I want to avoid football just because <laughs> I love football, but I'm not knowledgeable enough about it to like, I feel like to actually succeed in it mm-hmm. writing wise. Um, so I think I'm going to stay away from football. <laughs> but honestly, I'm kind of at this point, I'm just kind of open to like whatever I can find. I might be surprised with what I like and what I don't. So, yeah. How long is your program at Northwestern? Um, I will be graduating, like, I think our graduation date is September 3rd. So, the end of August, I think we're done with classes. Of 21? Yeah, it's about 12 months. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Do you think you might want to stay in the Chicago area? Well, I guess that depends on, like, what you're reporting, right? Yeah, so my goal is to stay in the Chicago area, but I'm going to have to probably apply other places. My goal actually over break is to try to network with as many, like, Chicago journalists as I can. (laughs) Um, Because a lot of people in the program want to stay in Chicago, so I'm kind of worried about that because I don't want to fight with all of them for spots. But, um, yeah, we'll see what I can find. How many people are in your program? It's about 80 to 90. Um, They had a summer start, and so there's people who started in the summer, but I don't have classes with them. So if you added them, it'd be over 100. But Oh, man, yeah. If a lot of those people want to stay in the Chicago area, then it'd be kind of difficult. Hmm. Um, There's only like 23 people in sports, though. Oh, okay. Um, And a lot of people are doing remote this year, so... I would say there's only about half of the people who even moved to Chicago, if even. Um, so sports-wise, there's still like half the people who aren't even here. So they might, they probably won't try to work here. <laughs> Do you think COVID would make it harder to get a job in sports reporting? Yeah, um, I definitely think COVID would make it difficult. I was actually, when COVID started, um, I was really glad I didn't start my job, like a job yet. I'm glad I chose to go to grad school because I would have definitely been fired right away because, <laughs> um, you know, they had to make cuts and stuff. But yeah, I think it is going to make it difficult. Probably if COVID for some miracle is like over by then, you know, just completely, <laughs> I feel like it will still be difficult because all those people who didn't apply to the jobs because of COVID will probably start applying to the jobs. Um, I don't know. It's also tricky in sports. Um, you know, nowadays a lot of like retired athletes take jobs when they never went to school for it. (laughs) I won't get into that rant, but that's my, (laughs) I, (laughs) I get really frustrated. I mean, as much as, as much fun as it is to see, you know, like Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal on TV, I'm just like, okay, they've already had their jobs. Like there's people out there who actually want that job (laughs) and go to school for it. But I mean, with writing, there's not as much of that. So I guess I won't really probably run into that, but um, we'll see. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's bad. Whenever like I sometimes on TV, on ESPN and stuff, like the whole desk will be retired athletes. And I'm just like, Okay, like, where is someone who actually, like, went to school to do this? Like, (laughs) they're just talking because they're, you know, whatever. And it's kind of funny. So if you know who Terry Bradshaw is, he was, like – so I'm a huge Steelers fan, and he was a Steelers quarterback and, like, won, like, four Super Bowls for us. So he's he's a big deal. And, like, so as a Steelers fan, I like him. But he does, like, all this stuff on ESPN and, like, NFL, and he's in all these commercials, and I'm just, like – okay, this is Terry Bradshaw. He did not go to school, like, for anything related to this. Like, he's old now, you know. (laughs) I just, I I love him, but I also am just sick of seeing him everywhere. I'm just like, ugh. Terry Bradshaw, I hope you're not listening to this. That's my one chance to work, like, for ESPN or something. (laughs) This is the reason that you don't get a job at ESPN. Yeah, she loves you. She loves seeing you everywhere. If he happens to be listening, you should be in more things, is what she's saying. You should be everywhere. (laughs) Was there anything else that you wanted to say about being a woman in journalism or your program or anything? 
Um, I was actually thinking I remembered one story that could be interesting um, to include. So when I was a sophomore in undergrad, I um, there was the local newspaper in town. One of the sports reporters is actually like one of my uncle's best friends, like since they were kids. And so he, he mentored me a lot in college. Like he would, he reported the basketball games, which was really nice. And so he would help me a lot. He was great. So the newspaper had an opening for a part-time sports reporter. And so he texted me and he was like, Hey, um, you know, if you have some time, you should look into this. So I'm thinking part-time, you know, a few hours a week or something. Um, so I, I go to, um, you know, interview for it. And the two guys that interview me are old white men. And I look in like the whole sports area, old white men. There is not a young person in there. I'm just like, and not even a woman either, you know, obviously. And I'm just like, oh God. And I'm a sophomore in college. So I'm 19 years old. And I'm just like, I don't feel like I'm going to get this, you know, whatever. Um, but my, you know, my little resume, I guess, was good. Apparently a lot of people that applied, like, didn't have a lot of experience, whatever. Um, but I remember in the middle of the interview, I don't remember why this came up, but they, they literally asked me, they're, they're like, are you nervous to be a woman going into a male dominated field? And I was just like, what? and I actually, I laughed. Everyone's always like, what'd you say? And I'm like, I like laughed. And I don't know. <laughs> I think because it's just sad that they are all like, oh, you know, poor woman, you have to go into this male dominated field. Like, no, like I told them, I'm like, no, I'm excited. Like, I'm excited for the job. I don't care who's in it. I'm just excited like to do it. Um, and I think, you know, it took me a long time to get through that, but I love doing it. And, um, I just think that's worth it, you know, but, um, it was funny cause I actually got the job, but it was going to be 25 hours a week every night. And I was in school and I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> so I had to decline. Um, and then it was funny cause I tried for the next summer, I wanted an internship. So like I'd emailed them. And it was funny because the guy, the like sports editor, I'd emailed him and he had forwarded my email to like someone in their department and like said who I was. But he, in the email, he was like, this lady applied to a job. And I was just like, cause I got his response and I was like, I was like, I don't even want to work for this guy. He has given me two red flags. So <laughs> <laughs> and so I, after that, I mean, they couldn't do an internship in sports basically. Like they only did it in like, um news reporting which I didn't want to do so I didn't even work for them but I just remember thinking like I don't even want to work for them after that like this is I'm just getting weird vibes but um I'm thinking I mean I want to do more national news not like I don't want to work for a local newspaper like that so I think you know when you get to bigger organizations it's better I think it's more the traditional like these men have been working at this newspaper their whole lives like they're you know, not used to it, but I mean, they were really nice. They weren't rude to me. I, I think it was just, they were just interested because it was, I was different or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it was interesting experience. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm really glad that you laughed. (laughs) I mean, I didn't laugh like a long time. I just went, you know, or something. And I was like, oh no, like I'm pretty excited. I was also kind of like, oh, I was not expecting it, I guess. Um, and then I, I just remember afterwards, like I called my mom and I was telling her and I'm just like, you know, they would not have asked a man that question. Mm-hmm. Like That was just like an added question for me. Um, and I'm pretty sure I was the only girl that like applied to the job too, but I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> um. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add? I don't think so, unless there's anything else that you have to ask me about. I think those were all the questions I had. Do you have any social media that our followers, you could find you on? Yeah, so um, I just made a professional Twitter, if everyone wants to check it out. It's (laughs) at MadisonWSports because my name is really generic, and I could not find a handle. (laughs) It was really hard. Um, And then my Instagram is madisonw underscore 22. I will link those in the description below. Is there anything else you'd like me to plug for you? No, I don't think so. Um, Everyone, you know, make sure you stay up on your news and 
check out all <laughs> check out all the local journalists and um national ones especially like right now they really need like hits and stuff and it's nice to know people are reading their work so yeah for sure do everything you can to support these different news sources and make sure you're getting credible news if you're going for like national and political news that's all we've got for today thank you so much madison for hopping on this episode it's always great catching up with you um and thanks for telling us about your study abroad and your current program we are always happy to have you on the pod um if you want to follow us you can follow us at your so rude pod on instagram and twitter you can email us at your so rude pod at gmail.com if you have any questions or suggestions and you can check out our website your so rude slash y s rp <laughs> i always have to sound it out <laughs> because i always want to say yrs oh but it's ysr so those will all be linked below you can find madison's professional twitter and her instagram down below um yeah uh thank you again madison thank you so much for having me it was so much fun to be on the other side of you know conversation slash interview so I hope I did well oh yeah you did great and (laughs) Madison was saying right before we started recording she's like I know what it's like to be on the other side so I'm gonna try to like (laughs) speak in a way that it won't take a whole lot of editing so I really appreciate that (laughs) um (laughs) no problem it's it's funny because even like in some of my classes we've had to interview each other and it's it's so weird because you're like oh, you know, I, I know what are my pet peeves are, so I don't want to do that for the other person. <laughs> right, right. I appreciate that so much. <laughs>